Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We got Morgan James coming on. We're going to talk a little bit about her story and talk some music and just see where this goes. So, Morgan, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me. That's oh, thanks. For definitely being our here. pleasure. Um, now, I always like to start every show the same as we were talking yes. kind of before the show started is how has COVID affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that? Well, um, I'm here in New York City where, um, you know, we've been pretty much locked down or in some version of lockdown since last March. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm luckier than most because I'm, I've been quarantined with my husband, Doug, who is a guitar player. See all these guitars are here. Uh, yes, yes. And we have been able to, you know, record and make videos and do shows every single week for our fans and friends. And so in, in some ways I count myself pretty lucky that, that we've still been able to make a living and, and still been able to make music this whole time. Um, you know, of course, my touring schedule was completely wow. cance canceled, obliterated, mm -hmm. and um, all of the dates, you know, have really been on hold since March, and and they're not really coming back until the end of twenty one. But yeah, so right. I've been I've been yeah. home basically. Basically, I'm just home. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, and if you're watching this live or replay, please share, share, share. Um, yes. And you know the the it affected us in a way where it went the other direction for us. Cause you know, we launched the show January of 2020 Okay. for the thing. And I, you know, our original plan was kind of to do a hundred interviews first year. We thought if we did built that, it'd be a great foundation for a first year show. And then COVID happens. And I was like, okay, all these artists are going to need a place yeah. to talk and yeah, we're going to so give true. them <laughs> and we're give that to them. Yeah. And so because of that, we stepped it up. And we did over 300 interviews last year. Wow, that's incredible. So it's been crazy. It has been crazy <laughs> and fun that you part. Know, it's, it's been a great, uh, you know, the silver linings of all of this have been, you know, podcasts and, and content. And, and I think people mm. have really been leaning on on content, TV shows and movies yeah. and podcasts and Absolutely. music. And mm -hmm. so I hope I hope that, that people really... Um, that for me warms my heart because I artists and art bring us so much comfort and, yeah. and fun, oh, you know, so mm -hmm. when, when touring begins again, I think people will really be even more enthusiastic about seeing their favorite artists and oh, supporting them. Oh, we agree. And, yeah. and, and our show is like pivoted a few times since we started because it started as just a country music um, interview platform. Oh, okay. Then it became a music platform. Yes, all genres. Then it became an entertainment platform because yes. we, we now have had actors and everything on. Well, that's great. That's amazing. Congrats, <laughs> you two. Well, thanks. <laughs> that's funny. We kind of joke, and I was like, um, and, and I don't mean this to be in a funny way, but it's still ironic that five years down the road, if our show is like a Bobby Bones or a Ty Bentley or a Ryan Seacrest type show, that we will owe kind of owe COVID for that. It's a silver lining. It is a silver lining. And, and, you know, those of us who are lucky to, to have our health during this time, um, yes, you know, um, you. I feel like it's, you know, if I can make music, it's my duty to make music, you know? And, yeah. and so I, uh, I'm thankful that my family is healthy and, and that we, we can make what we can from home. You know, we're, we're very lucky. Because yeah, if all this would have happened even five years ago, it would have been a whole different story. 
Whole different story. Yeah. I mean, if this had happened to me five or 10 years ago, I, I would have been one of the many, many artists that would have had to move home or move to another city. And and um, I certainly understand why it's been so hard for so many artists to stay in in New York and Los Angeles and the different arts towns, you know. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're living paycheck to paycheck, as most artists are from gig to gig, yes. um, a time like this is is really devastating. So... Um, I, I'm always sending love out to all of my artists trying to find their way, you know? Yeah. Yes. Love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they would ask, um, when did you know you wanted to do music? I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click that this could actually be a career for you? <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I started kind of making, I've always been a businesswoman from jump, like from little. Well, I was always like <laughs> figuring out ways to make money, you know, yes. I was, and when I in high school, I was making good money, saving for a car and saving for different things, singing at people's weddings and at people's different ceremonies yeah. and things. And and I thought to myself, OK, I could, you know, people will pay me to sing. That started to click. Oh, wow. And I, I knew long before that, that I had the passion for it, that I had the desire. But I. I started to realize, okay, if I'm clever and if I work hard and if I hustle, I can make a living making music. And so it kind of started to click in high school for me. Oh, well. <clears throat> so what, you know, as you were starting to do stuff in high school, what did your friends think back then? Well, you know, I, my friends were all really supportive of, of my you know, shows and my talent and always came to see me in the plays and in the choir, you know, concerts and everything. And I think everybody knew I was going to go to New York and make my dreams <laughs> come true. I think that was, yeah, I think that was pretty clear. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very stubborn, very hardworking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if nothing else, it was certainly not going to be if I failed or if I didn't go on, it was certainly not going to be because, because I didn't try, you know? Yeah. Right. And that's kind of where we stand with this show. It's like, you know, yes. a lot of people are like, wow, you know, we did 300 interviews last year and we see this as a future career. You know, we, you know, yeah. it don't make money yet, but yeah. we know one day it will. And, and, you know, we put in 30, 40 plus hours a week into, into yeah. this, what some people would call a hobby, but mm -hmm. we know different. And, and so it's like, you know, chasing that dream is mm -hmm. tough out there, especially, in, and it doesn't matter what part of entertainment world you're in. And that kind of leads me in the perfect where I want to go with the next little segment is, um, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, of a, Mar of a um, Mariah Carey and all the different top artists. But they don't see the, the, the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their levels, but to even a career level within the entertainment world, but especially music. And I always mm -hmm. want to talk about that because nobody else talks about that. And I was like, on our show, we will talk about the other side that nobody mm -hmm. talks about. Yeah. And I'm going to tell a quick story to kind of help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. And I'll never forget asking Allison what advice she'd given up and coming artists. She said, this will sound funny coming from someone full time, but if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything changes. She goes, you, you no longer own your life. Everybody kind of owns a piece of it. Your friends and relatives, for, for the most part, don't understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, the holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, 
it's all in. You know, there is, you can't say yes to that and no to, to this. You got to say yes to this and no to that. And a lot mm -hmm. of times people don't understand that. Then your family has to sacrifice. They have to kind of give you up to the world and say, I'm sharing, I'm sharing you with the world. And they have to be okay with that in a way. Yeah. Um, so, so many sacrifices are there, but then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in because the only way that those kind of heavy sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. Uh, I've heard that so many times. That's a kind of a classic bit of advice. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with, with that. I've heard it so yeah. many, so many times. I think that, mm -hmm. um, I think that you never know if you're going to like the life unless you try and <laughs> throw yourself into it. You know, how can you yeah. know if you'll like, I know a lot of people that are very talented that do not like the business side well, and okay, brilliant yeah. people, brilliant artists that don't mm. like the auditions and the rejection and the poor, you know, the no money and the this and that, mm. that don't like that aspect of it. And so they decide that that part of it is not worth it. Um, I, I that's think what that, you're saying. I think you got to be all in if you're going to do this, but you can't know unless you do it. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. You can't, you that's can't true. just say, Oh, there's something <laughs> I like better. You can't know if you like something better unless you go into it. Yeah. I, I, for me, there's never been another choice. It's not like yeah. I have, I have, I'll, I'll be a nurse as in on the side. Like there's no other, <laughs> there's no other right. thing that I've ever had an interest in being or doing. And, uh, I, I think that it's really hard. I mean, my goal was always to make a living with just music alone or just the arts alone. And it took a long time to get there a long time. And, even even as I'm in that and I've I've made a living solely as a performer for yeah. about 10 years. Oh, wow. But it's not easy. I mean, it's been a struggle yeah. the whole time. Mm -hmm. There's never there's never a day when I when I think, oh, I can coast. There's never yeah. a day that yeah. I can't that I can say no to a gig or no to an opportunity. I have to say yes to everything because I never know when the next thing is coming. And yes, I think that, is. you know, at the level I, I'm obviously not at a high celebrity level. I'm, I'm at a working level and yeah. I'm, and yeah. I'm, ha I'm happy to be there, but yeah. it is mm -hmm. very difficult because you have all the same, you still have to keep up the same level of quality in your looks, in your instrument, in your touring, but you don't have quite the amount of machinery and team and money to do yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So I think Makes that, hard. I think that people sometimes they see me on stage for an hour and they think, well, an hour, that's not long of, you know, time to work. But, <laughs> but what I've work done comes before and after that, the work is all day long and all evening. And then all every single day, it's pretty relentless. So the hour that I'm on stage is really fun. And every other <laughs> hour is tough, you know, <laughs> that's like for us, even with the show, you know, when we're on the show, we enjoy, you know, this is just, it's just a conversation. I mean, this is the easy mm -hmm. part. The hard exactly. part is trying to pull it all together, trying to reach out to all the different artists and actors and all that and going through the rejection. And yeah. so many people tell us, even even though you would think you'll know, show you, but you know, the bigger, the higher you go. The one thing I've learned is the higher up you go to get people on your show, the more timing is everything. Yeah, because if they're not coming out with something new right now, they do not want to do interviews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the work is like trying to reach out to these people and trying to get all the things together and get the show together and make sure we put on a good show and make sure that people enjoy it. So the hour that here, like you said, is like a breather. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I'm sure you've heard the quote, but you know, a lot of times musicians, you know, there's a quote that kind of goes around with musicians where if you hire me to, mm -hmm. to play for an hour, you're not paying me for one hour of work. You're paying yeah. me for the years of training and hard work mm -hmm. that it took for me to do my job in an hour. So if someone pays me for an hour of singing, they're not, they're not paying me for one hour of singing. They're paying me for 28 years of vocal lessons and, you know, every, yeah. everything that it takes to be who I am and everything, you know, every, and particularly an artist who's on stage, you have to worry about what you look like and, and your mm -hmm. makeup and your hair and, and your clothing and, and the band that I have with me and the, the gear that I have with me. So yeah. it's, it's all the elements that go into to making a show work. And I think that sometimes people think that it looks like an easy or a, just a fun life and it is fun, but it's a lot more goes into it. <laughs> and, and then the artists, as they start getting more and more popular, they have to, then there's another the negative side is they have the trolls on social media that, people didn't have, you know, 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. And I now know. it's like yeah, you get yeah. all these people that that make these comments and you're like, if you don't like it, why are you here? I, I know. <laughs> I think that every I think that every day I'm like, if you don't like me and what I have to say or what I, I don't yeah. know why you're here. That's like Right. But you know, it's um the, the more fans you have, that means there's gonna be a proportionate amount of people that don't like you. And there's always been hate mail, you know, it just used to come in letter form to the studio True. and now it now it yeah. comes on social media. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you internally handle that? Because again, you know, as a female out there, I think it's tough, tough a lot of times. The men they like to hold things in. Of course, I'm not saying that's good, but Sometimes they hold it in, but women sometimes, you know, it's in this day and time, it's like you got to have that, like you said earlier, you got to have that look and all that. So, and then you got these people that say, oh, you know, something's out of place. And that's how do you handle that? You know, thankfully, I have so many kind and generous and sweet. I have mostly, I would say 99% of my fans and my interactions are positive. And I'm so lucky oh, that's for that. Right. Um, yeah. I, get, I get the occasional, you know, people people object when, you know, to, I'm very outspoken. So people don't like my politics or they don't like my, <laughs> right. they don't like my point of view. And and that doesn't bother me because yeah. I, I yeah. think to myself, you know, when somebody says something about my voice or my looks, <laughs> I... You know, usually I take it with a grain of salt and I I have a lot of confidence and I have a lot of people that do support me. And I and I do think to myself, well, if you don't like the way I sound, or the way I look, you know, well, you can it. just move yeah. along. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wanting to talk about that because I think this as artists watch this and stuff, they're all going through this. And I always want to talk about the things that people don't talk about. Well, I don't, you know, I don't really take it personally. Somebody actually yesterday said something about that I found really untrue and mm -hmm. it bothered me. Wow. And it, mm. it, I, and usually comments don't stick with me, but somebody said yeah. that, that, yeah. I, that I was, oh, I, I really wish she hadn't changed so much from oh, where wow. she started. And I, oh, wow. that bothered me because I was like, I think I've become yeah. more and more my true self. Yeah. And you become yeah. better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and, and then they compared me to somebody that I don't think that I look or sound like, and it did bug me. And But it's rare that one of those comments bugs uh, me because usually uh, I just, I let it go off my back, like, like water off a duck's back. I try to at least. Yes. <laughs> not, not always, not always easy, but I try. Yeah. Yes. I, like we had one time a, a troll, even as small as our show is right now, we had a troll. Yes. Our first that, troll. Our first troll. Your yes. first troll. 
funny. And the person called us little geezers. Yeah. Old geezers or something. Like, something something like that. And, and and we're sitting there like our first trial. <laughs> we were big enough to have a troll. So. <laughs> but I oh, just yeah. like we were saying, I just, you know, there are many people on Facebook that I, I yeah. see a thread and I'm like, I don't agree with that. You know what? I keep scrolling. Same here. I yeah. wish people would do. I mean, you, it's your page. You can like with you. You mm-hmm. can be outspoken, spoken on your page. Your page. Absolutely. It's Someone who agrees don't have to come on there and disagree. They can go on their page and disagree with you on their own page. You know. Yeah. I, I know. I know. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that we talked about the yes. sacrifice side of, uh-huh. let's talk about the glory side. The moments where you look back and you're like, "Wow, I got to do that." Oh my gosh, I have so many of those, and I, you know, they really there are just so many days that make it all worthwhile. You know, um, my, my, I get to travel the world with my husband and my dogs and, and that is just, that never gets old. You know, it would be pretty lonely if I had to do it all alone, you know, and, and, and touring is a very lonely way of life, you know? Um, I get to do it with my husband, which is so fun. And, um, we've gotten to share some of these amazing moments together. Like, performing at the Hollywood bowl or, you know, performing at, you know, I got to do two different PBS specials this last a couple months ago. And those were incredible. They're, they're just moments that are, that remind you why you do it. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, we love, we love the family aspect because like with us, you know, we're married 18 years and you'll hear from our nine-year-old in a little while because we always have him come on and ask a question. Yes. And our 22-month-old little daughter, when she gets older, she will be plugged into the show too because we are oh, a family affair. That's <laughs> great. That's great. I love hearing it when couples can do this because, uh, you know, your nine-to-five type jobs, they don't get that glory. Yeah. And and I'm sure you get this then because we get oh oh I couldn't work with my spouse you know we'd kill each other yep. and we can't imagine not <laughs> I know <laughs> I know we're the, we're the same way you know when when the lockdown hit a lot of people were then you know forced to work at home with their spouse yeah. mm-hmm. and you know Doug and I have lived on a tour bus together so we can definitely <laughs> do this you know this, yeah. this, this yeah. is a piece of cake when it comes to living on a tour bus um. Yeah, no, we love it. We love it. And yeah. we figured out a way to really, you know, make it work, make it work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about the lockdowns, I remember um, before it all happened, people used to would say, oh, you know, we could, I couldn't work, work with my spouse. I couldn't do this. Y'all were unhealthy. All this, that. Oh, you're homeschooling your, and we, your child. Oh, that's bad and all that. And so all of a sudden, you know. It was like all these people tried to get us to conform to their way of society. And all of a sudden, we kind of like, huh, ironic. Society's <laughs> having to form to how we live. <laughs> I know, kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, so that was kind of our little um, gotcha moment there. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. <people>. <laughs> now, as you know, a lot of people. They see the artists, but they don't see the PR teams, the managers, producers, any of that that's behind the artists. And I always think that they don't get enough love. So on our show, I don't care if a person has one person as a team or 300 like Justin Bieber says he has. You know, a team is a team and an artist can't do what they do without the team. So tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Well, I have an incredible team of people. Um, I have two different managers, David and Ted. Ted's been with me for, um, I think, 
16 years. Oh, wow. Um, and he, and then David's my music manager and he has a whole, um, office of people in, in Los Angeles that work on my behalf. And I have an agency ICM books, my tours, and I've got somebody that helps me do merch. I've got, <laughs> I've got somebody in every town that helps me sell merch. I've oh, got, wow. you know, wow. I it's, it takes a village. It's so, so many details. I mean, I run all my own social media, but outside of that, I couldn't do any of this without my team. They're just, they're so awesome. And they're, and they let me be me, you know, that's, yeah. That's important. Not every artist, not every artist has that, you know, and, and when I was on a major label, I certainly didn't have that because they're, you know, it's a different kind of environment, but ever Mm -hmm. since I've been independent, you know, whenever I have an idea or if I have a desire to do something creative, they just help me make it, make it happen. And and I, and I've seen that a lot of times where labels try to change it. It's funny. You built this base to get you to this point and the label wants to change you. And like, I didn't have, I didn't have a fan base when I was signed. So I was signed many years ago. So, um, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it was different. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot when I was at the label, you know, but I've really, I've built my fan base since I've been off the label actually. Yeah. So I've built pretty much that my whole fan base was built from YouTube, you know, people finding me on YouTube or finding me from, I had one song on the radio or some people found me through the Broadway world, but wherever people found me, I I hope that they, you know, come along for the ride. So tell us about postmodern jukebox. Yeah. You know, I did 10 videos with them and, and four tours and it was a blast. It's a collective of people, you know, it's changes every video, every tour changes. And, and, uh, and a lot of people find me through those videos. (laughs) So how did that come about? How did you become part of that? Um, you know, we had Scott and I had the same agent and our agents just set us up, you know, and said, Oh, you guys should meet. This was back in, back in 2014. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we did start doing videos and, and that was that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, talking about the team while ago, you know, we've got a third co-host ourselves, our yeah, nine-year-old. Yes, we do. Gonna go His get name's him Christopher. I will go get him. And then, um, okay. like I said earlier, you know, we got a 22-month-old. She don't know it yet, but she's going to be in the show. And I think she won't have a problem with that because she's always a kid. She's already a character anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, That's she great. loves the little minions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's funny talking about minions. He's got a minion shirt. Hi. How are you? So, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing? Okay, I'm doing good. So what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Hmm. I would have to say I'm a, I have a sweet tooth. So I love anything sweet. Pies, cherry mm. pie, rhubarb pie, apple pie. Mm-hmm. Another one? Uh, nope, that's it. And what's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> yeah, he could eat kind? pizza all day long. <laughs> yeah. What kind do you like? Uh, pepperoni. Well, I don't eat meat, so I guess we can't share pizza. Maybe we'll get half and half, you know? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves to do that. He seems he it's funny. Sometimes he seems shy, and sometimes he don't seem shy at all. I think it kind of he, 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 he had a tongue twister there for a second, and I think that kind of threw him off. It did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He loves to do it though. 
that, yeah, yeah that's like many times on it. There are sometimes we do shows, and at the very beginning, if I have a tongue twister, it's like it's like I am not the same the rest of the show. And it's like okay, Chris, get get on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh my gosh, um, so many people. Aretha Franklin, Donny Hathaway, um, Nina Simone, I would, uh, Sam Cooke, I mean, any of the greats, you know, um, I, I just, because I love, you know, singing soul music and listening to classic soul music, I, I just would love to, Otis Redding, you know, I would love to talk to any of those greats. (laughs) Um, that's always what I try to emulate, you know, in my records. I love that. Now, this you'll probably have about a thousand answers to this, but just think of the first one that comes to mind. But if what's a song that you've heard out there that you wish you wrote? Oh, uh, I love "Son of a Preacher Man." Uh, oh, that's a good that's one. A good yeah, one. That's a good one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be um, in five years, and um, I always like to tell this story. Um, be- to, before I ask the guest that same question, because the answer she gave us back then is almost to the T of what she's living right now. So to watch her go from where nobody knew who she was to five years later to where she is, it's just been amazing. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? In five years, um, you know, I want to be, I want to be touring at a higher level so that I can really, you know, I always have these dreams of of being able to pay my band what they all deserve and pay my team what yeah. they deserve and and mm-hmm. take people out take people out for dinner and and <laughs> on trips you know I want to be touring at a level where I can reach a lot of people all over the world because I love love singing live you know and that's yeah. I think what I'm meant to do and so yeah I want to keep doing what I'm doing but I want to do it at at a higher level I I, I want to get to a point where maybe I don't have to scramble to find the money to make every record even though it's always an adventure, figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, I think even sometimes the big artists will tell you that they're still scrambling them. It's just at a different it's, level. It's, so, <laughs> it's just at a different level. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> yep. So, so um, let's look 15 years down the road now. And let's say that you are a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like for you, you're there. Mm-hmm. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? <laughs> oh, that it's all going to work out, that it's all going to happen, that there's not a the timelines we have in our head and the expectations that we have in our mind. Those aren't fixed in stone. You know, they're 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 movable. They're flexible. And and the more flexibility and patience we have with ourselves, I think we actually achieve more of our goals. You know, it's so many yeah. so many times we we find that these high expectations for ourselves, you know, or this had to happen by this point, you know, but it, but it <laughs> yeah. didn't, you know, and, and there's, um, there's a quote that uh, one of my favorite comedians always says, which is dreams don't have deadlines. And, um, and that's really true. There, there are dreams, that come, dreams mm-hmm. that come true years later. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, who said they had to be done in a certain amount of time. So I think that yeah. keeping to that idea of you just never know when something that's meant for you is going to come your way. And you never know what's going to happen. Because like I said, you know, when, you know, we actually want to do the show 
in the past and just kept procrastinating never really did anything oh, with yeah, it with the idea years. and then mm -hmm. finally i was like you know what we're gonna launch january 3rd 2020 and i tied it to you know my, after six months after my after we married my mom passed away mm -hmm. but her birthday was january 3rd i was like you know what if i tie it to her birthday dedicate it, the first show to her i can't procrastinate then Mm -hmm. We'll have no choice. So I so I found a way to tie it to something. So we launched. An important day. And, yeah. and, you know, yeah. I had certain goals in mind to reach the first year. And I'll be honest with you. They have surpassed. I mean, I've had guests on our show that I would have never imagined would happen first year. But again, we didn't imagine COVID. And because of COVID, it's, it's been a game changer for the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's great. <laughs> you just never know. Mm -hmm. And I think you got a couple questions. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple. Okay, if you could describe your music to someone who's never heard it before, how would you describe it? I would describe it as um, classic soul music with a with you know a modern voice. You know, I would describe it as um, Aretha meets Bonnie Raitt meets Prince meets Joni Mitchell. Um, I have all, all my influences live with me at all times. So, but I call it original soul music. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Right. And what do you want your legacy to be as an artist? What would you like to be known for? Um, you know, the older I get, um, the more I, you know, I sing so many different styles. I come from so many different backgrounds of music and, um, I, the older I get, I really want to be known. I want someone to look at what I've done and whether it's what I've written or the covers that I do or anything that I sing. And I want somebody to say she, she is authentic. She sings the music in an authentic way. She honors the music. I, wow. I, I never want to take, take something and, and make it my own to the point where I destroy the original. I, I'm so mm -hmm. in awe of the history of music that came before me. So I would like someone to say, you know, Morgan honors the music that, that she sings. And, you know, I remember when we first launched the show that I reached out to a Nashville friend, asked what advice he'd give and talk about authentic. He said, whatever you do, be and stay authentic. He said, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke, every Ty Bentley joke. He says that you may even create a, a facade of a audience because of that. But the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that mm -hmm. day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. I said, if you, yep, it's so true. You said, if you might grow slower, but if you'll just be and stay authentic yep. from the beginning, you'll gain the right audience. Absolutely. 100%. And that's what we've tried mm -hmm. to do. Because again, and it's funny talking about the authentic. I remember we we had Jeff Coffey on and we interviewed him um, a while back. And I, oh, yeah. and I remember he shared the the um, the interview. So I went back to see if anybody commented on it like a couple of days later. And I'm reading through some of the comments. And I remember seeing somebody says, love the interview, but, that, but the host was, um, what did? Wendy. Wendy. Yes. And I had to ask, like, what does that even mean? I was like, I guess it means long-winded. And then I was like, okay, um, I'm okay with that yeah. because that's my authentic self. I like to talk. Now, sometimes too much, but I like to talk. Yeah, well, you've learned from the early <laughs> but I, shows. But I have yeah, learned to, to do a little bit better, but still, mm -hmm. I like to talk. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so part of my authentic, I love that. That's so, great. Uh, um, 
if you had a friend of yours that you heard him or her sing, and let's say that um, they've got something special, as Simon Cowell said, they have that it factor, but they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they're looking over the crowd, and the crowd roars for them, and they just know they're in the right place, and they come to you, and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next few years? Um, it's, you know, it really depends on the genre. You know, I would tell somebody something different if they were a theater performer or whether they were a, a you know, solo artist or what kind of yeah. music they were doing. But it's, I would tell them to, um, I say this all the time to young performers, which is keep your eyes on your own plate. And keep your Mm -hmm. eyes on your own path. And it's very, very tempting. And I am tempted every single day to compare myself to others. And, um, you know, they have a phrase, compare and despair. And um, it's it's, uh, hard to not look at what someone else has and think, well, why don't I have that? And how do Mm -hmm. I get that? But it's really, really about there's only one path that you can walk. Yeah. And there's only one plate in front of you and you have to acknowledge the bounty that's on the plate in front of you and not pay attention to what other people are doing. And there's, um, and it's hard to do, you know, yeah. especially with social media, but that, that's yeah. my advice that I, I wish someone had given me long ago. Wow. And, and you know, I actually posted a day on, on Facebook that um, comparison breeds insecurities and in mm-hmm. marriage, it destroys intimacy. Mm-hmm. So I love that what you said about comparison because it's so true, you know, and it's so in fact because of comparison, it's one reason I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts because I'm so scared that okay, I might say, Oh, I like that. I like what they're doing, and I try to implement it, and then it's not me. So I yeah. so I steer away from it a lot, a lot of times. I, I think you know, in terms of music, I would say to the person listening, taking in other podcasts or music or theater that's that's not the same as comparing taking in is part of our job and listening is part of our job knowing what else is out there is our job and um if you don't know who came before you and know who else is performing that that's a big part of of the education of being a performer or a host Mm -hmm. but but the problem is looking at the things other people have that they've curated in their social media world and thinking that you are less than because of it or wanting something yeah. someone else has mm-hmm. and not even knowing how they got it. Yeah. And you have to focus on your own path in terms of your own career steps and your own <laughs> hard work. You know, yeah. no one can do hard work for you. <laughs> Don't you wish that that somebody else could? <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, <not> <laughs> I mean, I guess sometimes I do. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, well, nobody's going to outwork us in the podcast world because we're doing everything. That, that's been right. my thing. Is you know what? If nothing else, we'll be able to say we're where we have outworked most everybody because I don't know anybody that does 300 shows a year. So. <laughs> right. That's great. <laughs> so as we come to a close here, what's next? Well, you know, we're going to be releasing a bunch of videos. We're going in the studio Wednesday to record a few more videos. And so we're going to release videos all year long for my channel and some new music. And then in the summer, we're going back into the studio and we're recording a Christmas album because you have to record Christmas albums in the summer, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in order for them to be done. So um, I'm excited about that. We're going back into the studio in Memphis and we're going to record a Christmas album in, in the summer and, uh, and hopefully, knock on wood, in the fall, we're going to start doing some live dates again. So that's my hope. 
Oh, uh, love yes. That. Definitely. And, you know, we, you know, if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to mm -hmm. you. Oh, yes, of course. You can find me my uh, my YouTube page and my Facebook page are Morgan James Online. My website is morganjamesonline.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Morgan A. James. Um, I'm on all streaming, all downloading, everywhere. I'm everywhere. So, <laughs> so please, please listen I, I to my music. That. That'd be wonderful. I love mm -hmm. that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We definitely yeah. look forward to having you back down the road. Thank you, Chris and Sandy. It was nice to meet you both, and congrats oh, on your you. success. Well, thank oh, you. Thank we appreciate you. It. Congrats on everything you've yes. done, too. Yes. 